Though I'm an employee of Ronald Blue Trust, Talking Money represents my individual views and not those of my employer or any sponsor of the program. During the program, I may discuss market trends as well as specific financial planning techniques and investment ideas. These discussions are for general information only and are not intended to provide specific advice or recommendations to any individual or organization. Work with your attorney or accounting or investment professional for specific individual advice and services. Any securities or investment products discussed on Talking Money are not insured by the FDIC, are not a deposit or other obligation of or guaranteed by any bank, and are subject to investment risks, including possible loss of principal amount invested. Good morning and welcome to Talking Money. This is Certified Financial Planner Professional Mike Miller, your host for today and every Saturday morning at 10 o'clock. So glad you're with us. If you're always really glad to get questions because I want to make sure that we talk about the things that you want to learn about and need to learn about for your own financial lives. And helping me do that today, Nick Stone Street joins me. Nick Stone Street, the CEO of Ronald Blue Trust, coming up from Atlanta to the big city of TR once again to to be with family and and do some work and get some get some free labor out of you while you're here. <laughs> I hope so. Yeah, it's going to be great to be back in uh, Traveler's Rest and seeing uh, my father-in-law and taking him to dinner tonight. So yeah, we're we're excited about being here. So Nick, you know we get a lot of mission accomplished type stories from clients who have have expressed a, an appreciation for what we have done for them and and i wanted to share one today that uh lance lee is a listener actually out of montgomery he's been listening he said a friend of his told him about um the talking money broadcast some quite a few years ago and he's been a, a really faithful listener has asked a few questions and has now even since uh, a year or so ago um hired us in the office to help him do some some financial planning for for himself but uh i asked him if it was okay to share and he said yeah lance and karen both both listen i know he's going to hear this now he'll hear it eventually because he listens to it as a as a podcast even though he could listen to it live if he wanted to through the, the 94.5 app uh, but he uh, some portions of some emails that he sent to me he uh he said um his oldest daughter's pregnant so that's coming up that's he always got to give me some personal news he says i really can't tell you enough how much our family has benefited from the financial principles that you share on your radio broadcast and podcast we have shared these concepts with both of our daughters and our son-in-laws which may be a little more difficult to do with the son-in-laws and we're working to educate and change generations to follow us that's what a powerful thing it's so great you know we love these mission accomplished stories and i had uh, a few months ago uh, our chief mission officer, Russ Crossan, was walking down the hall with a client and the client said, we're going to have a celebration today or okay. this weekend. I yeah. said, what are you going to celebrate? He said, well, we've been clients for 20 years uh-huh. and our son started picking up on good financial principles about 10 years ago. And he and his wife are about 30 years old and they're paying off their house this weekend. Wow. Can you imagine being 30 and having no mortgage? <laughs> no, <laughs> I really can't. But good for them yeah. to do that. Uh, and then, and then, of course, what they do with the extra funds after that is, is another challenge and another opportunity to, to serve the kingdom and, and help their family and do things like that, which part of serving the kingdom is, is taking care of your family for sure. Absolutely. Um, but Lance had another separate email that he'd sent another paragraph that said, thank you again for all you do to educate and guide others to have a solid financial foundation and learn how best to plan for their financial future. Please know that I will be forever grateful for your financial planning ministry and how your dedication to help others has made a huge impact on our family. 
May God continue to bless you and your family as well as your team that the Lord has assembled. So it's it, I am always um, pleased uh, and comforted when somebody calls it a financial planning ministry. Yeah, that's great. I've never told him it was a ministry. He he sees it as a ministry, I guess, because I'm coming in on Saturday morning, every, every Saturday morning, 10 o'clock. Um, but it, it certainly is. Uh, I, I see it as a, a ministry, not just to, to gain clients for our firm, but to help people that never become clients that uh, I hope have better financial lives, uh, more um, less stress in their lives right. because of things that maybe I've shared on talking money over the years. Well, it is, Mike. It's a, it's it's great because there's so much stress around money in relationships and marriages and by helping people follow principles, it's a it's a game changer. Yeah. And the and if they're biblical, based on biblical principles, they never change. Right. It's it's right. and what Ron Blue was on back uh, last year, that's the one thing he always stresses is that uh, you know he, he holds up that Wall Street Journal and says, you know, this changes every day. And holds up the Bible and says, "But this never changes, any day." Yeah, and and, and so, being able to combine both biblical yes. wisdom and what's going on in the markets today. Yeah, yeah, because certainly I know some people have have in the back of their mind, even if they have never expressed it, would think that okay, uh, yeah, I'm going to work with a Christian, but I'm not going to get as good a tax planning, good as estate planning, good at investment advice, that kind of thing. So, so one of the things we want to get, hurdle we want to get over is that no, no, our goal. Because you never can say, yeah, we've got the best. But our goal is to try to be as as good or better than any of the secular firms that provide these kinds of services, um, but do it from a, a biblical worldview perspective. Well, it's having a standard of excellence. Mm-hmm. And I do think that is part of a godly calling is be excellent in what you do. Yeah, yeah. So last week, Nick, I started bringing back some of the archives. So I okay. went back to 2007. Went way back. 2007 was the first year that Talking Money came to existence. And it came into existence because at that time it was WMUU, it was not WGTK. And Paul Wright, the station manager at the time, asked me to, if I would host a program on Saturday mornings uh, called, and we didn't have a name for it. And it was just, I want to do a live call in about money. So I worked and worked, and we came back and trying to find a name that was not picked already, that didn't have a copyright. And amazingly enough, Talking Money was not. It was available. And and so we picked up the, the name Talking Money, and I told Paul, I said, well, it's every Saturday morning at 10 o'clock. I really don't know who's listening. And and so I'll try it for three months. You know, well, Here you are. How many <laughs> years later? So this is the 16th year of oh, Talking wow. Money. And uh, so three months got extended uh, quite rapidly because I, I started getting some some really good questions, started getting some people who really w- were interested in, in using our services. And I thought, okay, well, this is a real service, um, a, a way for us to let people know that it's available because we were one of the first fee-only firms in the area to be able to uh, take care of people's financial questions, strategies, and do it in a non-sales mm-hmm. atmosphere because I, I tell them, one of my taglines for talking money is the answers you need without the sales pitch. So even on talking money, we're not here to sell any products. We're here to educate. And of course, if if we happen to get somebody as a client that wants to have us not just educate them, but but do some of the education for them and do some of the work for them, um, then that's a, a win-win for everyone. And uh, and hopefully a lot of other people benefit at the same time. So going on um, the 16th year, it's hard to believe it's been 16 years uh, coming in almost every Saturday morning 
and so it's kind of routine now it's like if i don't come in on saturday morning like oh wait a minute what's what am i supposed to when do they today? do the best of show and <laughs> yeah. you're still in your pajamas uh, right what do i do uh so anyway so we're gonna go back again because i've got some more questions that are very timely today even though there were questions asked back in 2007 i'm gonna rehash a little bit of what we talked about last week in case you missed it so that you can go back to talkingmoneyradio.com it's already been posted on there and you can click on that to get some of that information i won't go into detail like i did last week but at least give you the highlights of some of the things we covered so that you can go back to the uh, website and pull those up and listen to them as a as a podcast whenever you want but of course we're here to answer your questions but send an email to mike at talkingmoneyradio.com mike at talkingmoneyradio.com we'll be back with uh, more of uh, talking money with my special guest nick stone street in just a few minutes talking money is brought to you by ronald blue trust with nationwide trust capabilities, Ronald Blue Trust provides wealth management strategies and trust services based on biblical principles to help clients make wise financial decisions, live generously, and leave a lasting legacy. With over $11 billion of assets under management and advisement and a network of 16 offices, including Greenville, Ronald Blue Trust serves over 10,000 clients in all 50 states through distinct divisions and offers services across the wealth spectrum in these key areas, financial retirement estate planning, investment management and solutions, charitable giving strategies, personal trust and estate settlement, bill paying, family office services, business consulting, and institutional client services. More information about Ronald Blue Trust can be found at ronblue.com. Now back to Talking Money. And we're coming up at about 19 after the hour. This is Mike Miller, your host for Talking Money. My special guest today, Nick Stone Street, CEO of Ronald Blue Trust. Based in Atlanta with uh, 16 offices, I guess it's, or 17 now, 16 offices yeah, around 16. the country. I thought it was still 16 offices around the country. And we got a call here. Vincent's calling us from uh, Gastonia. So good morning, Vincent, and welcome to Talking Money. Good morning, gentlemen. Gentlemen, uh, this inflation spike that everybody's uh, experiencing out here, it's, it's very cruel, and it's an accrual tax that can be laid at the feet of the Federal Reserve, and they're quantitative easing bond buying program and my question is uh they said that they were going to stop buying bonds to uh, arrest the inflation but you and i know that they aren't they're going to continue to inflate tell me who exactly is going to buy these bonds if they pay one and three quarter percent and inflation is at the fictitious price of seven in actuality it's actually 10 to 15 percent so what's your spin on this and what do you think this this inflation train is heading yeah well a lot of a lot of uh, meat in that question there vincent and i your your main question about when did it all start uh i believe most of it started if my memory serves me correctly which it doesn't do often we'd be back when the, we got out of the gold standard and and we changed uh, to where we had the Federal Reserve and so forth trying to, to um, uh, uh, we'll say, control, uh, some would say, manipulate the uh, money supply. Um, but, but so far, with the amount of money that the Fed's been putting into the system, we really haven't had as much inflation as we probably should. And, and whether or not it's going to be here just for um, you know a year or two and then start going back down, nobody really knows that. But I, I, I think... Um, as far as you know, what we're limited to what we can do, of course, as taxpayers, you know, we've we've got to just try to vote the right people 
into office to help control the spending because that's the biggest the reason the fed's doing what they're doing is because we've got all the spending that is really getting out of control even with the republicans and democrats in there right and it's uh, it's just it's it's scary to some. Nick, you got some thoughts on, on well, on that? you know, we've got some major risks with inflation. And um, at first, the administration tried to convince everyone that it was transitory. It's not transitory, and there's parts of inflation that's sticking, and it's um, going to be stubborn uh, for quite a while. And then, when you're in the middle of an inflationary cycle, to start throwing a bunch of stimulus on top of it was probably about the worst thing uh, you could do. So. I think we're going to be stuck with uh, higher inflation and higher interest rates uh, for a time. Now, there's still some deflationary pressures in the economy. You know, you continue to get technological innovation and others, uh, other factors that, that put deflationary pressure. So um, we may come out of this okay if we stop with uh, huge amounts of stimulus but it does beg a longer-term question that's even more concerning, and that's the stability of the U.S. dollar. And so what, uh, we the, get a the, false floor with the dollar because we're the reserve currency of the world. And if that reserve status ever changes, we could have some real issues. So it calls for people to be prudent, to be diversified, to have more than just one asset class uh, in their portfolio and in their investing and in their savings. Yeah, and Vincent, I mentioned, I've mentioned before one of the best ways to – I think um, deal with inflation is to make sure that you are limiting your debt, uh, and so not having debt service payments while while the prices are going up allows you to be able to buy things uh, currently that you wouldn't be able to buy because you already are you're paying so much in debt that you don't, you don't have the the cash flow available. And one of the comments when you talk about the one and a half percent interest, you got to remember that that um, globally. That's still a good interest rate. So you got people that are overseas that are much are, are very willing to to buy a U.S. Treasury bond at one and a half percent. That is because it's it's uh, so much higher than you know in some countries still at negative interest rates. So, uh, but how long would that continue? That's the thing. We 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 love to have some fiscal responsibility and and fiscal restraint so that we're not just giving money away to everybody that we want to give it to you know i've been at this a long time and i've been through a lot of different things that have happened that are negative that it felt like the world was going to come to an end and and 2008 was was even worse sounding and worse in actuality than we are right now and and we weathered that storm so i think as you as long as you've got a basic free enterprise system that is um in favor of companies, the companies uh, have always been able to come through on the other side. Nick? Yeah, well, you know, Mike, mm. I mean, there's always um, concerns in any time you're investing and any time you're dealing with the, uh, the economy. So what we experienced in 2008, actually having worked in international uh, banking and finance for years, when I was in the Swiss bank, we'd have a 2008 crisis every month. It was just in a different country. Yeah. <laughs> so I've seen currency crises. I've seen hyperinflation. Um, and what we tend to find is that there's two principles at work. Uncertainty. We don't know what's going to happen in the future. And right. instability, which is like a earthquake or like a pandemic hitting. And you've got to be able to structure your assets and structure your wealth in a way that you're able to weather storms. So there's some important principles around that we can talk about. Yeah, absolutely. And as I mentioned, uh, you know, keeping control of your own personal debt uh, helps uh, tremendously in those kind of environments. 
to be able to spend more. And at the time when inflation does start to take off, uh, that you're not so um, so burdened down with that debt. And I think also even even as we change administration, so we we see how things are going now with the current administration. Certainly not as moderate as they as they um, were when they were trying to get. Uh, elected and they were politicking and trying to to get us to believe that that uh, Joe Biden was a was a moderate and now that we see well he's maybe he's still a moderate but he's being controlled by people who are are not but when when that finishes so even in November when we have another election and if the house and or senate change back and then we get more company friendly politicians that are in there especially on the energy side because energy is something that is a basis for so many other different cost factors. And if we, as we've seen gas prices go up, oil prices go up, and we see Keystone Pipeline gets canceled and so forth, which you, know, you can argue a lot about those kinds of things. But even from, a, even from an environmentally safe thing, we're, we're going to have to get the oil somewhere. And would you rather get it from a pipeline or would you, would you rather get it from a tanker that's going to come down? Which one's a safer way to do it? Well, the pipeline uh, has proven to have been a safer way to do it. We get things like that and get less expensive energy, then then that permeates uh, through the whole through the whole economy. Any other last sec, uh, second uh, comment before we go to a break? No, I mean, other than, you know, we'd all love to have technological innovation that would get us off of fossil fuels. I mean, I think oh, that's, yeah, a, absolutely. You know, that's a, a, a something that over time can be achieved. But in the meantime, we're in an oil-based economy. And uh, when you're an oil exporting nation and you turn that around, that becomes a real problem. We'll be right back with the second half of Talking Money in just a minute. Ronald Blue Trust is pleased to sponsor Talking Money. Ronald Blue Trust has distinct divisions that work with clients across the wealth spectrum, private wealth, everyday steward, family office, and the professional athlete division. The company's largest division, private wealth, is designed to provide financial guidance for clients with an investable net worth of a million dollars or higher. Private wealth advisors can provide advice in many areas, including managing cash flow, growing assets while decreasing debt, overseeing investment portfolios, developing tax-efficient estate and strategic giving plans, and utilizing trust services if needed, all with a big picture in view. The Private Wealth Division has 16 offices across the United States, including Greenville. For more information on Ronald Blue Trust offices and the advisors serving there, please visit ronblue.com. Now back to Talking Money. And welcome back to Talking Monday, coming up on about 25 before the hour. If you're listening by via podcast, then you want to go to Mike at TalkingMoneyRadio.com. Send an email question to that or go to TalkingMoneyRadio.com and click on Ask Mike a Question, and that'll get it to me as well. But Dick Stone Street, my special guest today, CEO of Ronald Blue Trust out of Atlanta. And, of course, our firm here in Atlanta, this is part of the, one of the 16 offices there. We've been talking about... Um, different kinds of things, uh, especially with the question that Vincent, Vincent had, but we were talking some about some of the things that happened back in 2007. You're going to take us back in the time machine? We're going to go back in the time machine to 2007 to say, okay, what kind of questions did we have back then that are still appropriate? So last week I talked about the qualified charitable distribution, especially if you are turning 70 and a half this year. It's very, very important that you go back and listen to this broadcast. If you are turning 70 and a half later this year, we got some real good strategies that you need to listen to about when to start making distributions 
qualified charitable distributions to your charities uh, when to do that when you're going to turn seven and a half in the year so the 72 is the age that they changed to start required minimum distributions but they left seven and a half as the age to take out to start your qualified charitable distributions but it's the day you turn seven and a half it's not the year you turn seven and a half also talked about uh, marginal tax brackets bracket creep how to, what are some things you can do to especially when you're retired and then have to start taking out your required minimum distribution to make sure that you have some flexibility and you can do some things there to help minimize getting into the next higher bracket. We've changed the tax brackets this this year, so I didn't have the uh, numbers in front of me, but I do now. So in 2021, you as a married filing joint person filer, uh, you could have taxable income. And remember, taxable income is after you get a standard deduction. So if you're or your itemized deductions, it's after that. It's your taxable income, not your gross income. Well, Eighty-one thousand fifty was the number for last year. It got bumped up to eighty-three thousand five hundred fifty for two thousand and twenty-two. So it's important for you to know those numbers. And the standard deduction, of course, went up, uh, which means most people it's not it's not beneficial for you anymore to keep track of all your deductions because it's not going to be higher than what the standard deduction is. So, so this past year for, for a couple over 65 who was uh, married filing jointly, uh, $28,700 is what your deductions, your gifts, your state income taxes and property taxes, all those would have to be more than that number before it would take any advantage of that. And it was uh, 28 sevens for this year, 27, eight was for 2021. And, uh, and, and Nick, you know, they, they just increased the uh, amount that you can give, which I haven't done for a long time. Your annual gift exclusion finally went from 15 to 16,000. I, I guess inflation finally caught up with gifts as well. Yeah. Well, it's good. Yeah. It's good that they let that, uh, rise as well for those who can, for those who can give. And we've talked about bunching deductions and so forth. And we'll talk about that maybe, uh, again later, cause we want to keep reminding folks of some of those tax strategies that, that you can use with the standard deduction being so high that still allows you to itemize deductions every two, three, four, even five years, at least every now and then that you can still do that. And we've talked about that before. You can go back to the previous, uh, podcast and, and hear that right now we want to go to glenn who's calling us from simpsonville good morning glenn and welcome to talking money thank you sir uh, i have uh, a question i wonder about a lot of the numbers are being juggled around i remember a few years ago if you had a straight passbook savings account you could get four or five six percent savings on it. yeah you're going back a little well, ways glenn I, for that yeah well <laughs> i have some uh, money that's in just a straight savings account, point zero two. They use a thousand dollars of your money, pay you fifty cents. That just seems kind of ridiculous to me. Is there? There's no other way around that on a straight passbook, or I would I'll just hang up and see what y'all have to say about that. <laughs> okay, Glenn. Thank you. Well, thanks for the call. I mean, I I know there are some better options out there, uh, and sometimes it takes a little search on the internet to find what other money market accounts or even CDs. Because if some of the money you don't need right away, you can go to a CD, which may still only get you half percent. Uh, and 1% every now and then, if you go long enough, I've seen some of those. But uh, Nick, you got any? Uh, well, you know, there are um, money market funds and sometimes you'll have banks that are using teaser rates and you can kind of hop between teaser rates. It's a little bit of a it's a little bit of a paper chase to yeah. do it. Yeah, a little um, bit of administrative pain. Yeah. You know, what What you're doing essentially is when you're holding uh, near cash in a savings account or a money market, 
is you're trading um, uh, security for return. And so, uh, you know, by allocating through your assets in your portfolio, there's a part that belongs in um, other asset classes that, that achieve higher returns, but you're, you, you, you won't even keep up with inflation now in a savings account or even a little bit higher yielding money market account. But, but the trade-off is, you know, your money's uh, secure and not subject to the market's whims. And that's one of the issues that I've dealt with over the years in talking money is, is people look at risk as primarily the volatility of an investment. So they'll see risk stocks are risky because they go up and down and we don't know if I'm going to really get my money back. I may lose all my money, which is highly unlikely, especially if it's, I mean, if history repeats itself, there's, there's never any sure thing. But if you got a good diversified, you got an index fund, you got a good diversified mutual fund that's in a lot of different types of stocks, the odds of it going away are, are pretty low, uh, non-existent from from for the most part. Um, but that doesn't mean it's not going to feel like it's, it's, it's going away because it's down like in 08 when things went down 30, 40 percent. Yeah, it certainly felt like the sky was falling and it was never going to come back. Uh, but those are your long-term investments that protect against the risk of loss of purchasing power. So, Nick, when you just said, "All right, my point zero zero one, my money market account's not going to not going to keep up with inflation," right. so so you're actually losing money in that account. Yeah, and, and you're, essentially, you're losing purchasing power. So, yeah, um, the way that we look at it with Ronald Blue Trust is we we bucket the money according to time frames. So, you know, your one to two year money. You need to keep close. You need to keep in a money market account. If you're going to have a purchase soon, keep it short term. Then intermediate term is kind of three to 10 years. And then right. long term where we look at stocks is 10 years and above. And so if your stock portfolio goes down, but it's in your 10-year bucket, you don't really sweat it. Um, you shouldn't really sweat yeah, it. <laughs> you shouldn't. You shouldn't. I mean, yeah. you know, people in, still in do. March yeah. of 2020, equities went down 22%. Right. And because most of our clients had their funds bucketed, they knew that the other funds were stable, but the part that went down 22% was the part that is supposed to be over a 10-year period. You don't need that money today. Right. So yeah. the, it helps to have that mindset around it. And last year, as interest rates started to go up and you had some of those more considered safer investments, like your bonds, even shorter-term bonds, actually lost some some principal not much but they actually went down so having everything in something considered safe is not necessarily as safe as you think it is so that's why keeping that diversified portfolio and keeping a perspective so that like as nick said if you've got this long-term funds long-term perspective on some of those funds then it's it's shouldn't affect you as much so okay that's fine i i expect it to go down i know it's going to go down so don't don't fret it when it does go down because we're telling you right now it's going to go down. When I don't know, yeah. how how far I don't know, and for how long yeah. I don't know. No, we don't. We can't tell the future. People that have crystal balls usually end up eating glass. So yeah. uh, they 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 don't know the future either. Right. Um, for us, though, having that uh, stability around a, a financial plan and sticking to your plan is the best thing you can do long term. Yeah, it really is, and I and I think that uh, if you keep that in perspective the whole time, and I've and I've said uh, often on talking money that if you're the kind, even with that long term bucket, if if even though you know that's a long term bucket, and you're not going to need that money theoretically, you're not going to need that, and practically not for ten years, 
even five years plus, but especially the long, long-term money that's ten year, eight to ten years and plus. But if that money goes down five percent, ten percent, twenty percent, pick your number. And if you're going to be the one that when it finally goes down and hits that number, it's down 20%, and you throw your hands up and say, wow, I just that's too much. I can't handle any more of this. I'm going to get out. Then I'm telling you, don't get in to begin with. That's worse for you. You're, you're better off making point zero zero one than you are to get into an investment that does well, and but then when it goes down 20%, you get out of it. Um, that's I don't think that's good uh, long-term healthy um, philosophy that's going to uh, bid you well for uh, for helping you meet your financial objectives. Yeah, there's low risk, low return, and that's a money market. And there's market risk, market return, and that's a balanced portfolio. And then there's high risk, high return, which are concentrated positions. But the one thing, Mike, is there's no such thing as low risk, high return. But you do have an example of somebody that promised that. Maybe we could talk about them in the next segment. Yeah, yeah, we do have something that uh, is just a good reminder that there is no such thing as a low risk, high return investment. It's not there. Now, we do have access and the Ronald Blue Trust folks have access to some accounts that we can get higher money market accounts, get you up to uh, 30, 35 basis points. Um, but it's through, you know, it's for clients of our firm and so forth. Uh, and and uh, your if your broker has that, something like that available to them, then you ought to take advantage of that as well. Um, but certain we have that available to our clients. And I, I can't believe, Nick, that I, I would ever have thought that 35 basis points would be a great rate. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> it's, it's like, really? Shocking. 35 basis points? That's a good deal? So, you know, and, and that's not keeping up with inflation either, but at least it, uh, it comes a little closer to keeping up with that inflation. We'll be back with the last segment of Talking Money in just a couple of minutes. Ronald Blue Trust is pleased to sponsor Talking Money. Ronald Blue Trust has distinct divisions that work with clients across the wealth spectrum. One division is Everyday Steward, which serves clients who are just getting started to those with an investable net worth ranging from 100000 up to a million. For those desiring objective, biblical principles in their investments, cash flow management, financial planning, which includes retirement, insurance, tax, and estate, and their giving, Ronald Blue Trust's Everyday Steward Advisors can serve as their clients' stewardship coaches so they can focus on a living a life of purpose. For more information about Everyday Stewart and the other divisions of Ronald Blue Trust, they can be found at ronblue.com. Now back to Talking Money. All right, we got about nine minutes here left in Talking Money. So Nick Stone Street, CEO of Ronald Blue Trust with me. We were talking about uh, the types of investments. There were there were the uh, high high risk Potentially yeah. high risk, potentially high return. Potentially high return. It could go to yeah. zero, yeah. but could also be, you know, yeah. significant uh, concentrated stock positions. Yeah. Ownership in business is uh, usually what you'd consider concentrated, high risk, high return. Yeah. And yeah. then you have market risk, market return, which, you know, it's yeah. kind yeah. of what the what the markets give you when yeah. you have a balanced portfolio of stocks and bonds. And then there's low risk, low return, which are money markets. But the the most dangerous investment is the one that doesn't exist, which is the low risk, high return. Right. right. You know, it, it just reminded me because I, I ran into a gentleman yesterday that I uh, apparently some years ago, and I don't remember how long ago he didn't say, but he came up to me and said, Mike, I want to thank you. He said, uh, and this is not a client. This is just somebody that, that we ran, that I know. And he asked me a question. He had a bunch of 3M stock back years ago. And it was highly concentrated. Like you, when you said right. highly concentrated position, it made me think about it. And I said, look, you need to get rid of some portion of this 
because you've got too much in, in one stock. So he said, look, when you told me that um, the the stock was selling at, I forget what he said, $259 or something like that. It's now selling at 170 something Wow. I think is a pretty big drop in, in price. So it, it apparently didn't get the, the big upturn in stock price like the stock market did, which is very common over the last year or two. Uh, and he said, not only that, uh, we sold a lot of it, and then we bought into just an S&P 500 index fund. Of course, that's done really well. So right. we, we, we saved the money based on the the amount that didn't go down in price of the stock that we owned, and we made money on the other. So he, so he was just like very grateful. I said, okay, well, it's, it's time for you to become a client. <laughs> not, not, you, know, you get this advice all the time and not just uh, just every now and then. And, of course, you know, we can, we can talk like that. I'm, I'm sure there's – Many stories where I've told somebody like that and it didn't work out. So you know, of course. Yeah. But you know, I was with a group of uh, young people that were coming through Ronald Blue Trust last week. A bunch of high school students that were interested in the markets and finance. And I said, "Yeah, I bought Apple at sixteen, and I sold it at twenty. Yeah, and uh, no regrets. It hit my um, yeah. price. Twenty percent. It hit my price lot. target, yeah. and it got yeah. sold. So yeah. I don't sit around looking at Apple stock and wondering what could have been. Yeah, but." But I do think there is a big concern when people promise outsized returns. And mm-hmm. if somebody's promising you a low-risk, high-return investment, uh, just don't walk, run. But in this morning's paper, uh, there was an article that was entitled, Ponzi Schemer Sentenced, Ordered to Repay $103 million. Now, the odds of him still having the $103 million yeah. are, are pretty low. So he, he's just going to be in jail for a long time. So it uh, said that Perry Santillo... One stubbed King Perry was sentenced to more that's than a, that's a real red yeah, flag that when somebody be, uh, starts being referred to as flag. a king. More than seventeen years in prison, so he was uh, collected. It said he collected the investment scam collected more than one hundred and fifteen million from a thousand investors nationwide. And this was, uh, I think, he was first. He first pleaded guilty. So it's not like we're saying it's alleged. He pleaded guilty to it a couple of years ago. And they're just now getting. I'm sure they've been trying to find the money wherever it is. But he said uh, Santillo and his alleged conspirators in the Ponzi scheme coaxed clients to cash in their retirement accounts and invest in sham companies under their control, using the money from newer investors to repay early investors, according to court documents. To ensure a fresh supply of victims, Santillo and his confederates bought the businesses and client lists of a series of investment advisors and brokerage, prosecutors said. Over the years, they acquired investment firms in Tennessee, Ohio, Minnesota, Nevada, California, Florida, South Carolina, Texas, Pennsylvania, Maryland, and Indiana. These are companies, investment firms that acquired wow. to get their client list, and then they could try to sell them all these. So, so, so you had a a lifestyle to fund a, a lavish lifestyle of cars, casino junkets, and houses in multiple states. Uh, he was uh, as there was a song, apparently a song written about him. Nick said so the lyrics to the song. For, for Santillo boasted that, quote, King Perry wears a $10,000 suit everywhere he rides. Oh, that's wonderful. Well, King Perry's going to be wearing an orange jumpsuit, yeah. and it's not <laughs> going to be tailored by Armani. So good for him. He'll be in jail a long time. I feel terrible for his victims. But in order not to be a victim, if it sounds too good to be true, it's just like your mom told you or your grandmother told you, it probably is. And low risk, uh, high return never works. We saw it with Bernie Madoff. And really, sometimes you see it with financial advisors that have just gotten in over their skis. Sometimes they make bad decisions with their clients' money, and then they try to make up losses. And 
um, it isn't always just people like this. Sometimes it's well-intentioned people that just start making really bad decisions and go down a bad yeah. route. Yeah. And that's, a, you know, that's another thing that can happen. And one of the safeguards we have at Ronald Blue Trust is every advisor every year has to, to one, have a financial advisor and that ha- a financial advisor has to sign a letter for them saying that they've been, they've spent less than they made. They've been careful with the use of debt and they've been generous. Mm-hmm. So I've never seen it in the financial services industry except at Ronald Blue Trust, but everybody has an independent, their financial advisor attesting to the fact that they've been a good steward. And that's your first protection because a lot of times people have bad behavior. This one was because of greed, but sometimes it's just out yeah. of debt, financial desperation with advisors doing um, wrong things. Yeah, it's interesting you said Bernie Madoff because I the, the the it's actually Bernie – uh, Madoff, and it, but I call have always called him Bernie Madoff because yeah, because he, he made, made off, off with a lot of money. <laughs> so I just always think of his name as Bernie Madoff, and don't, don't think about well, that's not really how he pronounces his name, as far as I'm concerned. That's how he pronounces his name. So yeah, he's got yeah. one of those orange uh, jumpsuits. I think he's had he's some passed real, away now. Did he die? Yeah, I say he had some real health issues. I was thinking he did, but uh, yeah, that's his conscience should have killed him, but it was health issues. Yeah, and it, and it's it and people think, well, how could somebody do that? How could so, how could their conscience? But it's amazing how many people's conscience doesn't bother when they're going through all that stuff, and it should, but it it doesn't. And 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 when you're trying to find a financial advisor that you that you can trust, I mean, you say, well, check with family members, check with other people that you know. But even then, you got to be careful because they may be being scammed and don't even know it. Right. Right. Well, yeah. you know, and it's fortunate, you know, there is a lot of regulatory supervision in light of Barry Madoff or Bernie Madoff. And, and you see um, more and more firms that have come into really good yeah. um, and safe practices. So yeah. it, this isn't to cast suspicion on financial advisors at all. No, It's just to say that sometimes people go astray and you need to just watch the signs of a promise of a low risk, high return investment. Yeah. And one of the biggest indicators we try to warn people about is if you were the major brokerage firm is if the um, broker that you're working with ever asks you to write a check for something other than to the brokerage firm, because uh, he's got another company he's working with something that's outside of the, of the normal doing business with that company. That's got to be a huge red flag for you. Said so no matter how good of a talker they are I said no i'm not going to give you that and then when you get statements so um, bernie madoff bernie madoff was able to <laughs> send generate financial statements and i'm sure right. this uh, perry santilla was able to too send uh, statements showing what your money was worth but they weren't sent by a third party person so they need to be sent by somebody that's a third party so it's a fidelity it's a schwab it's a vanguard it's a t-row yeah. price it's somebody else that's that's um or merrill whatever it's somebody that's giving you an objective uh true to form yeah report. An accounting yeah accounting exactly. yeah because otherwise you know where that money's going they can put anything a computer can generate all kind of nice looking uh, well, and reports and and co-investing with an advisor with your personal advisor is really uh, a bad idea in fact there's a term for it in the industry it's called selling away and it's just prohibited and so if an advisor ever approaches you about this great investment, that's not really an investment on the slate of their advisory firm. Mm-hmm. Um, I would approach that with some suspicion. It's concern. Yeah. It hasn't been, hasn't been vetted. hasn't had the due diligence that the firm 
would would automatically do to make sure it's okay for their brokers to to handle because a lot of that in there is just unfortunately some of these people that like you say go off the rails and yeah and it's and it's it's rare because most of the advisors right. out there are you know great and doing a great job and well regulated yeah that's true and so uh of course we always love to have the opportunity to, to chat with somebody to see if if they might be a good fit for us. And we've given that number several times, but 800-588-7526 is the number in our local office. That, and if you just want to have a start a conversation, you can always send it that same the email I've been giving the whole program today, Mike, at TalkingMoneyRadio.com. will get you right to me. And, and believe me, and we've told people this many times, we're as interested, maybe more interested in see if we're going to be a good fit than you are to see if we're going to be a good fit for you. But it works both ways because we want to make sure it's a good, long-lasting relationship. So, Nick, thanks for being with me today. It's great being with you. It's great being back in Greenville. All right. See you next week. <laughs>